Manimal here. It is Saturday, December 16th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Max Scherzer is going to miss the first half of the season. Kevin and I, we're going to talk about it. We're also going to talk about the options the Rangers have remaining. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. Just a quick news flash. The 2023 Texas Rangers are your World Series champions. And I just want to welcome everybody to a special weekend edition uh, of the show where we're going to kind of drop format just a little bit, really just kind of own in on, on all Rangers mostly today and just talk about our team because there's there's some pretty big news that that broke uh, before the weekend started. And, and we felt like that we don't need all of our people, uh, you know, heads hanging. And we've got a lot of positive things to talk about as it relates uh, to our beloved Texas Rangers. This is your boy, Kevin, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. You know you can find me on social media at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. You also probably know by now you can find Texas Rangers with the boys on social media, TX Rangers WTB. And don't forget to check out that awesome website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. It's all one word, too. Yeah, that's where you can uh, you can you can subscribe to all of our exclusive content while you're there. But we'll talk about that a little later. What I'd rather talk about is my co-host, the 300-pound animal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? Where can they find you on socials? Let's talk these guys. Let's talk these guys off the off the off the cliff and, and remind them that that this Texas Rangers team is still poised for uh, a repeat championship. Well, you know, we're we're that's what we're in the business of doing here on this show because we're a, a Rangers intensive show. So mm-hmm. if the Rangers are going to do something, we're going to talk about it. If the Rangers are going to make moves, we want it to be the best moves they can make for the Texas Rangers. We've got a couple of ideas today on what. Uh, you know, might be the case this year um, as far as filling these pitching holes that just kind of seem to keep popping up. But, uh, um, you know, you, you know, me and the bull man, we've been out at te- uh, Cowboy Stadium all week watching the state championship games. So we've been, you know, trying to get shows in around state championships and, 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 and father life and, and mm. work and cancer and all the other stuff that's going on in all of our lives that uh, we don't we don't always get to do the, the the show exactly when we want to during the off season, but uh, you know when uh, the end of March rolls around and the Rangers are playing every day, we'll be right back on our our daily grind, and I know that'll be true for sure. Um, but but uh, uh, we try and get them out. We're going to still continue over the the off season to get you four shows a week. Um, they just may not all be right there every morning when you wake up but uh uh for anybody keeping track at home i am sitting at uh nine and oh on my state championship predictions uh had a little scare that last night with gilmer and belleville but gilmer pulls it out denying belleville a two-point conversion late to hold on for a 28 26 win but anyways that's neither here nor there you want to follow my state championship ramblings, you can do that on social media where uh, X slash Twitter, Manimal Bull, Instagram, Manimal 300, and both Facebook and TikTok. You can find me at Bull Pro, and I'm sure 
I've been talking about the the state championship games on all of that. So, uh, you know, if you want to if you want to know about that, uh, check that out. But if you want to know Ranger baseball, find me on there and ask me some questions. Absolutely. Well, we did get some disappointing news um, about Max Scherzer. Um, the the team he's gonna have he's got a herniated disc. He's gonna have surgery on that herniated disc. Well, he had the surgery on Thursday. Okay, and and was it a fusion? Um, no, it was just a, a repair of a, okay. a, a herniated disc. So there was no fusion or anything like that. It was just a a, a herniated disc repair. Um, basically, when Scherzer got back home from for the off season, um, the the little bit of pain that he was having. Uh, still was persisting, and uh, uh, I guess probably uh, once they got in there, they're finding out that he's got a little bit of a herniation in one of those discs. And, and you know, herniated disc could be really a lot of different things. It could be protruding. It could be, it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be completely herniated to need a surgery to to get it right. Um, so the extent of how bad it was, I have no idea, but most of the time on a herniated disc, you're not going to need a, a fusion and you're probably just going to be able to, to get around that. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've had her, I've had herniated discs that never have shown their, their face as far as pain, but man, when they do and they flare up, man, they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit concerning, um, because for me, uh, same, <laughs> I think both of us could probably do an entire show, uh, probably like an entire week's worth of shows, uh, on our, on our respective injury, uh, list. Um, and so being very familiar with this kind of thing, I think the big concern with, with Scherzer here is not the injury itself or even the time that he's going to be out. I guess that, that, that is because the Rangers only have him for the, the year. Um, but you know, his age to me is the big concern that I'm just, I'm not 100% convinced that we will get a 100% if we get him at all. Uh, Max Scherzer back in 2023. Well, I can see the concern. I definitely see that concern. I all, I also, you know, I mean, I share that concern for sure. Um, one, one key thing that, that, you know, you got to remember what these guys is, is that they're competitors and they're going to, they're going to work their way back. Um, now you just got to see if he's going to work his way back at the, at the same, uh, you know, caliber that he was pre the first injury in Texas where, you know, he, he was starting to put together really good starts for him. Now, I don't know, I don't know exactly how that looks, but what it does do is it, it leaves the Rangers in a, in a spot, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the, that's the other big kind of kind of elephant in the room is that i i you know i i did we actually haven't talked about this off air but i did a little a little more deep diving into the uh the picture that they signed i i now i can't Tyler mally mally yeah actually i i think that's going to turn out to be a super bargain deal when when he actually gets healthy and starts pitching so i actually really like the deal uh having just kind of taking a little more time to look into it. And I think for me, it was more disappointed uh, that, that what we needed, they didn't sign. Um, but with him not coming really back until 
the second half of the season. We know DeGrom hopeful to be back uh, at the second half of the season. Now we're hopeful <laughs> that Max Scherzer will be back at the second half of the season. I mean, a little bit of a stroke of bad luck as it relates to the Rangers signing uh, free agent pitchers. Uh, I mean, we're looking at $43 million and $37 million for Scherzer and uh, DeGrom. That's a lot of money uh, just kind of sitting there uh, not doing anything, especially as it relates to the first half. And that relegates the Rangers too. And I say relegates and, and with all due respect, uh, Nate, Nate Evaldi, Dane Dunning, Andrew Heaney, and John Gray. That's the, that's what the Rangers have right now for the first half of 2024. Yeah. Well, and then you're, you're looking at the idea that Bradford will probably take starts Um you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they bring back a couple of one-year guys, maybe somebody that just to compete for uh, spots in the rotation that can help in the bullpen uh, if it doesn't work out. And then there's also, you know, I mean, there's trade options that they're looking at. There's guys that you're kind of seeing become available um, recently that weren't maybe on the radar even a couple of weeks ago. And a guy like uh, Framber Valdez, who I don't know if the uh, the Astros would be willing to deal Framber to the Rangers, mm-hmm. which that's probably the biggest. Uh, um, what would you call that? Like uh, um, block in the road, right? Is the fact mm-hmm. that it would be the Astros dealing with the Rangers, but um, you know he's a guy that looks like he's coming available. Um, Jesus Lazardo is mm-hmm. a guy that uh, it, it looks like I I, I almost saw that. Uh, he got traded to the Royals almost straight up for, uh, for Pasquatch. Oh, wow. wow. That was kind of the hot. That's, like like that. bar- that's like a bait. That's like a bargain. Yeah. 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 So I mean, well now, and, and I think that, uh, that Vinny Pasquale, Pasquale or whatever, I think he had Pasquatino. Pasquale. I think he's going to end up being a really good first baseman, really good hitter, but man, starting pitching at a premium like Lazardo brings, uh, probably would have been a no-brainer for me. I mean, uh, if if you were to tell me that, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's like, I guess maybe it's the equivalent of like saying, hey, uh, Josh Young for Jesus Lazardo straight up. I don't know. You know, I mean, would you be willing to do that? Uh, probably. Probably. Yeah, I think I would probably <laughs> – I would probably pass on that as well. So uh, I, I, I mean, for me, I just, I just think like as much value that Josh Young obviously provides in the lineup. Um, we, we, we saw what, what the importance is of starting pitching um, this last year, and and how much it is a just a huge commodity for me to to think of getting a guy like Lazardo. Um, yeah, Framber Valdez would be incredible. Uh, I don't necessarily think he wants to come to Texas to the Rangers, nor do I think that the um, that the Astros uh, would be willing to send him to Texas. But at the same time, I mean, stranger things have happened um, in 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 professional sports. So it, it there's there's still it's still not something that's completely out of the realm of possibility, but. Uh, we also then, have gotten Burns, Corbin Burns. Yeah, I mean, Corbin Burns is a guy that, I mean, he probably fits the role better than anybody of, mm-hmm. of the uh, people available um, just because he's got one year left on his deal. 
Um, the Rangers may be able to swing something with Milwaukee the same way that the Dodgers swung with with uh, Tampa Bay and Glass now, where, like, hey, we'll make this deal on the condition that Corbin Burns, you know, signs an extension here. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers are kind of like tearing down walls on how mm-hmm. things are kind of being done lately and and that's another you know you don't see that a ton where a guy's willing to sign an extension and not hit free agency and and go you know and and well, sign without but at the same time think about the now's case you know this is a guy that's never thrown 120 innings at at the major league level that he's locked up now i think it's 25 next year and then 27 and a half for four behind that and, you know, I mean, uh, the Rangers, is that something they might be willing to do is is trade for Burns and then, you know, see if they can get an extension behind that? Because if you got Burns locked down for six years behind this, you know, it, you come out pretty good. You don't start taking a hit until next year. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's options. Uh, there's other guys. Well, Shane Bieber might be a little bit of a cheaper option that, that could be in that case. Before you move on past Corbin Burns, I want to make a quick point about the sign and trade. So, um, right, you're right about the glass now thing setting a precedent that could kind of change things a little bit for the landscape of like sign and trade deals. Those happen in the NBA all the time. But the other thing, remember the Rangers kind of set a precedence here with the Max Scherzer deal. Now it's not looking like the greatest move um, on this side of the deal, but we were. How are we to know? Um, but remember, they they part of the trade was that he had to opt in for the next year. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that, similar, that's... similar situation. Now, I, I just want to point that out that it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Rangers could swing something like this. But go go ahead and name the next guy that you were saying. Sorry to interrupt. Oh yeah, no problem, no problem. I mean, like the the more we talk about Burns, I mean, the more it it, it probably is going to end up being a letdown when he doesn't come here, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, at the same time, um, it, it, there's there's cheaper options. Maybe a guy like Bieber, uh, he he could be a possible. Uh, you know, you know me and how I feel about his strikeout percentage going down, his fastball velocity going down. But at the same time, he might not have just been healthy. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I think he he's another one of those guys that you know for the right price. I would do it, but I wouldn't be out there mortgaging the farm on a guy yeah. like Bieber, uh, especially if the option is to do the same thing with, with Burns and get him in town. And, you know, I mean, but again, also the one year kind of fits the Rangers where they like to with just if he's here one year and then they move back into next year and maybe take a, a shot at Rocky Sazoski or um, someone else, you know, I mean, or Corbin Burns in the offseason. Who knows? But, I mean, as of right now, Burns would come in here. He'd be an ace in that in that rotation. Uh, he would take some of the pressure off of them having to, the, you know, try and force the situation with the younger guys in the <laughs> early in the season. Yep. Um, because uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to get 15 starts in the first half of the season from, you know, Ivaldi. No, nope. uh, um, John Gray, uh, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to get those. So you you got to have options. You got to have other guys 
Um, another guy that's not garnering maybe the interest that he thought he was going to get that you might be able to get on a one year right now is maybe like a Sean Manaya, who's a left-hander. Um, mm-hmm. He was good in Oakland, okay in San Diego, okay in San Francisco, opted out thinking that he was going to get more. His market isn't really there. You might be able to get him on a one in 15, something like that. Um, oh, I so there's some Martin's- options out there. I'd take uh, Manaya on one in fifteen and a I'd take him on one in twenty. We took Martin Perez on one in twenty last year. Like Manaya is I'd I'd take that in a heartbeat. If I could get him on a one year deal, that would be I could take a a, a little bit of a breather. Uh, and I also with the Corbin Burns deal, what I like about the idea of that is that remember, so his free agent money kicks in next year, right? Right. right when the the Scherzer money falls off, plus yeah. Degrom, ideally, you know you're going to have a healthy Degrom for 2025. So you're talking Burns and a healthy Degrom um, in that rotation uh, at that point. Plus, with, with one more year of Evaldi. Yep. Plus you've got the falling off Ollie. And and at some point you you've got to believe in the next couple of years that that White lighter. Bradford, one of those guys are going to force their way into the rotation. I'm going to, you want my hot take? You want my big prediction? Who I think the big time starter is going to be for the Rangers? Just my big hot, if he can stay healthy. That's my caveat. Kumar Rocker. Well, yeah, possibly. I mean, you're you're probably not going to see him, though, until June this year. I don't think this year we're looking at it. Maybe, maybe if he comes back healthy, looks really good uh, when he comes back and maybe we might be looking for him, like looking at him as an extra, you know, hand maybe in the bullpen uh, in September. I doubt it, but I just see him of the guys that we're talking about, like our young pitchers that I think are going to end up being like the big, a big deal. Um, I do like lighter. I just, I just got to see it. But what we saw at a rocker before he got hurt, that to me was probably the most exciting uh, thing I've seen of the guys that are the closest um, to being ready. He just seemed like he was laser focused, dominant. And again, it was only at a ball, but the big body, the big fastball, uh, what's the, he's got the, uh, that I think, what is it? A sinker pitch. That's, that's in my right. He throws, he throws a sinker slider. Mm-hmm. Probably the most elite slider in the Rangers system by far. Which is saying a lot because who else has a great slider? Uh, Mark Church. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, I would say, yeah, the, I would I would say that the, um, the comps could be similar on their slider. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how Rocker, when he comes back from Tommy John, see where the, the slider is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he should be, I mean, he should be throwing by now. I mean, cause he's what he's got to be getting close to eight months past. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would say he's probably getting pretty close to going on a, a throwing, uh, uh, throwing program. Um, you'll probably, you know, you'll probably see him throwing at spring training, but I doubt that he'll throw any, uh, I doubt that he'll be back for game situations until probably June or July. Sure, sure. He's a guy that really excites me. I think more than Bradford, more than Leiter, more than Owen White. 
Um, now, again, now we're not getting into the younger, younger, younger guys like the Steph, Josh Stephan uh, and uh, Porter. Um, I'm not talking. I'm talking about these kind of guys that are a year or two kind of away. You know, you'd, you'd like to think I would I would like to think oh. he would have stayed healthy. He might have had a similar kind of blaze through the system uh, like Wyatt Langford did um, last year. Had he he seemed primed for something like that. Um, or maybe, you know, I mean, you know how it goes when you get to that next level, especially in the in the Texas League, hitting is at a premium there. Mm-hmm. So you never you never know how that's going to go. I'm not saying one way or the other, definitely. But you know how you, you know what I mean by that, though, is that, you know, guys hit in the Texas League. So, you know, it's hard to gauge on what they're going to be post post hickory because just never know how guys are going to see they can hit fastballs there um but i think what what changes his dynamic from everybody else's is the fact that he you know he he has such a a great slider um but i would say probably 2025 at the earliest Mm -hmm. before you even start to think about rocker being um, a rotation piece but i could see like you said next year him come back healthy the slider still playing high, playing well, and and being able to get outs out of the bullpen possibly because he's got big velocity on his fastball, and he also has, you know, one of the better out pitches in the whole organization. Yep, yep. So, um, well, I think we've kind of talked a lot about. I mean, I feel like we kind of got it all in. I don't know how else to say it um, in terms of like what we really wanted to talk about today. Uh, yeah, and, and and it also one other thing. It doesn't mean that the Rangers aren't going to be at the high end of the the um, okay yes the, the pool in free agency either. Yeah. It doesn't mean that. Like I'm not. I still don't know that they're out on Montgomery Snell. For all I know, they could be a mystery team in on Yamamoto. Sure, I have no idea because <laughs> Cy isn't exactly out there just giving everybody what he's doing. He's not giving them anything. Nothing, absolutely, yeah, like as little as he possibly can. So I would say when you when you're thinking about it, I mean, like, I think the biggest and 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 this is what I've kind of talked myself into with Jordan Montgomery is I wouldn't hate having Jordan Montgomery back on the team. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem is is with guys pushing this market so high. Mm-hmm. And him being one of the top performers coming into this market, you know, and, and everybody's last vision of him is pitching like an ace in the in the World Series, being great in the playoffs for, you know, because he pitched good for the, the uh, Cardinals last year in the playoffs, too. Mm-hmm. They just didn't win. So, like, you've got two years of this guy that you're thinking, man, he's a he's a real big time playoff pitcher. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's still a three, mm-hmm. top end, mm-hmm. top end. You know, and and it's hard to think that you're going to give six years and twenty five plus million dollars to a guy that's going to be your three, and and you kind of hope that you get a repeat of what he did in the playoffs for your team. Well, I, I would, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of say that I feel like. He is, he is a top, top, top end three for sure. I still think he's a poor man's two, and and poor is I use that term loosely because of what a two makes. 
So in a league where your your ones make 40, 43, 37, you know, 40 million is, is what you pay for an ace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a two is probably somewhere around what Snell's going to get or maybe a little bit less. I think that's what the going rate is for a three. If you're going to have a three in your rotate in your in free agent, plus the other caveat to Montgomery that I feel like makes him as a like makes it worth it is that he's a lefty and he's a he's an innings guy, and like those two benefits, those are two things that not a lot of the guys on this market right now can say they can do. So though he might he is got the stuff of a three. Um, and I would say maybe a low end too, you know, so you're, you're, you're going to pay, you're just paying for what it costs to get a guy like that. Like that's the going rate now in pitching. The other side of it is he's a lefty, which adds a little more value. Plus when you have injuries, which every team does to starting pitching, he's a guy that can step his game up and carry you as an ace if he has to. Um, and he's got the postseason. Uh, credentials. To me, and the other thing that comes along with him that makes him so valuable is that he doesn't have a qualifying offer attached to him. Right. That's the uh, yes. That's that's another thing is that you don't give anything up to get him. Um, plus, and again, this is now going back to like what the were the the playoff thing with the Rangers, and then also kind of what makes him unique to the Rangers is that he seemed to fit really well in the clubhouse. He seemed to be a guy that like this was just kind of his kind of team, um, his kind of environment. Uh, I don't necessarily think he was welcome in New York. They kind of ran him out of town. I think St. Louis is another place for a guy like him, too. I, I You know, kind of more of a working man. I kind of feel like, yeah, St. Louis has made their moves, though. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like to me, Montgomery's a great fit. I agree with you, though. Like it is high for that place. And unless you can slide a guy in there that's from your farm system to, to be a three for you and you just know you got it, um, you're not going to have a three. You're going to have basically, you know, some fours and fives out there that you're hoping can become a three. Well, yeah, because I mean, basically I, I, I would say that John Gray could be, you know, a three. Um, but Eovaldi is definitely mm-hmm. a two or a three. Yep. And you're asking him to lead the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that there's going to be a point in the in the season where th- they probably are going to rest Evaldi. Mm-hmm. So you've got that to look forward to. But at the same time, if he can push through the All Star break, there are reinforcements on the way. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I and, agree. And I mean, yeah. I can totally see the Rangers standing pat with what they have. And going into the season and treading water through the first half of the season, getting healthy at the right time, winning 85 or 86 ball games, getting into the playoffs, and then have a rotation for the playoffs that's just insane. Uh, I wouldn't hate it. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do. I have no idea. I mean, I'm just saying I can see a lot of things. I mean, like last year at this time, I mean, we were all in on free agent starting pitching. Anybody that we they would talk about that would be coming here, we'd be interested in it. But, you know, it, it's a little tougher, you know, after you've won to to not so much, I mean, not so much not stay competitive. Trust me, that's not the case and not what I'm talking about. But like, like 
be as all in as you have to be or, or as they were last year when they like the roster they have. Sure. No, I, I no, And you, you and I agree like on this wholeheartedly. I, I think my only real concern is that the first you don't, I don't want to get ourselves in a position in the first half of the season where we don't have depth to mitigate injury. And we end up getting ourselves too far behind and you go out, you win your first championship ever. And then the next year, because you didn't make moves and be aggressive like you had been to get to that championship, and then you end up missing the playoffs, there's a lot of ground you have to make up with your fan base uh, after doing something like that. One, one thing that I think that's kind of uh, pacing the Rangers as well as watching other teams in their division become weaker as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like watching uh, the Astros lose relief help, watching the Mariners trade away really good pieces, knowing that that division may not even be as strong as it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Angels are making moves to put them in a su- spot to win 90 games. I don't think the a- A's are in any position to win 75 games yet even. So mm-hmm. you, you look around the division – and you say like, well, we could go to battle with what we have here and be as competitive in this division as we were last year. And I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm saying that I can see that. No, I I can see it too. It just seems like a big risk. I think that's the, that's the deal is that it's a risk to go after free agents because you don't know after, obviously we've seen that, but it's also a big risk to try to see what you got. Um, and 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 it, both both routes to me are risky. To me, the only the the safest bet is to be, to to have depth. That that's probably what what I would say is like the safest bet for the Rangers would be to make sure they're deep at starting pitching, um, so that they can mitigate any kind of injuries or maybe even uh, regression. Which both things are total possibilities. There's also possibilities of progression uh, with Owen White. With Corey, with Cody Bradford, possibly Jack Leiter, um, or even with guys. Kent, um, uh, you know, there, there's guys that you can see helping this thing from the minor league system. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's just really going to be finding out about those guys as well, uh, finding out what they can do at the major league level, because there's no doubt to me that White and Leiter are both going to start at the at the triple a level um we've seen a little bit of uh uptick from from uh uh cole win in his winter league so you know we're getting to a point now where where the the rangers are at you know i mean i wouldn't say i wouldn't say uh you know panic mode Mm-hmm. but they're getting to a point where they've got to find out about these young guys as well and see if these first-round draft picks that they've spent money on in the last couple of years are going to pan out as well, especially guys like Wynn and White that are on the 40-man already. Um, so it, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where we've talked about building this farm for the last two years on the show, and you're talking about, you know, the Rangers being in a position where those guys can pay off now. And, you know, the real thought is, what are we going to do in free agency? 
Well, you bring up the farm, and I'm going to go ahead and jump right into our uh, exclusive content. Are we going to do second base before that or after? Well, I thought it was a good time since we were already talking okay. about the farm, so I'll just knock it out, and then we'll do second base in our uh, our little our 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 number nine. So number if you nine. have checked out our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys, it's where we cover all things Rangers minor league. We've been talking about these guys uh, really all off season thus far. If you want to get a deep dive on it, go subscribe to our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. Or go to our Spotify page to subscribe. We are going to be dropping our top 40 prospect list over the next two weeks. And you can look forward to that uh, next 20, which will be 21 through 40. And that will come out early next week. Uh, so we will be recording that tomorrow. So uh, go check it out. Just $2 a month to get all of your Rangers minor league news uh, in one place and make us your one-stop shop for all things Texas Rangers. So um, second base. Yes. Uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty much uh, clear who's going to play second base, right? I mean, I mean, for at least the next five years, right? The four years, at least, at least five. I, I mean, nothing about what uh, has happened with with uh, um, Simeon thinks he's slowing down over the course of the next five. Right. I, nothing. Nothing. No. no nothing. In fact, nothing. He, he seems to be. Uh, kind of the, the the most consistent um, factor of the entire team. Yeah, I think every day, uh, you know, playing one sixty two doesn't leave a lot of uh, room for other other guys to to play there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he's a guy that he's going to be in the lineup every night. He's going to go out there, and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get he's gonna get you the absolute maximum. Uh, MVP caliber type player. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year he took two months off at the first of the season and still ended up with like a six war. Mm-hmm. You know, this year he, he he settled in from the very beginning and made sure that uh, that the the the, uh, the Rangers were in a position to win every every night. And uh, you know, I mean, like. We can we can gush about Marcus Simeon for forty five minutes to an hour if you wanted. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy is just a, the picture of consistency. Um, uh, I think uh, it got kind of uh, over overshadowed how much you know him struggling a little bit in the postseason this year because literally, I mean, you know, you're talking less than. A hundred at bats, probably more like what sixty or seventy at bats. And if that had been in the course of the season, you wouldn't have even really noticed it while the Rangers were playing such good baseball, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but overall, I mean, uh, his struggles at the plate didn't keep him from being a, a Gold Glove caliber second baseman throughout the playoffs made huge plays to keep him in games every night. Um, just everything you, everything you want from a second baseman and a guy that was willing to say, Hey, look, I'd come to Texas and play second base if it means winning. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, I mean, Hey, let's, let's not get it wrong. I mean, Marcus Simeon could have went somewhere and played shortstop every day if he wanted to. Right. Right. He, he made a, he, he made a, a set- business decision. Yeah, and to come to a hundred lost team, and then not only endured and then endured scrutiny through that first season and lost ninety games, 
but look at what his uh, what a story of perseverance because it paid off um, for him this year. now he will forever uh, be a World Series champion um, and make and be be considered a historical contributor uh, uh, to that to that championship. Now, now on the big club, the Rangers have a couple, they've got depth at the big club at second base because uh, Ezekiel Duran that's his natural position if you were to to you know play him anywhere and then uh, Josh Smith can play some second base so they've got depth at second base if something were to happen that that Simeon did go down or anything like that but um, you know we, you try not to think about that in the offseason of a guy that plays 162 you don't want to talk about him getting injured or anything like that um, uh, but they've got some depth there and then I mean technically their most ready farmhand Mm-hmm. Uh, play second base, and then they had a guy at AAA that hit uh, th- thirty home runs last year that can play second base as well in Davis Wenzel. So second base is deep. I mean, when you look down, when you look down the barrel of their their farm system, you start looking at guys like uh, Daniel Cueva, uh, Maximo Acosta. Uh, Cal, uh, Cam Colley, all of those guys have the capabilities of playing second base. Um, you know, so they're that's one of their deeper positions, but you know how it is. I mean, most guys that uh, you either draft or you sign internationally, they're probably starting their career at shortstop or they're a shortstop to go along with it, you know, to, to start. And then they get moved off of shortstop based on arm problems, arm strength, um, range, stuff like that. And uh, they end up being second basemen or they're blocked at shortstop, end up being second basemen like like Simeon ended up being here. Um, and at Toronto, uh, when he went up there to, to take that contract or to, to, you know, take that one year to get himself the, the seven year. Um, but, but overall, I mean, second base – uh, we'll talk about shortstop tomorrow, and uh, you know those are those are two positions that the Rangers are not uh, not worried about a whole lot, and they're probably looking to to move on from some pieces to get those guys to the big leagues, and uh, you know so we'll kind of see what happens. But second base is loaded for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, it it really is, um, and. Again, it also gives you, if, if God forbid something were to happen to Corey Seager uh, that was going to keep him out, you know, long term, uh, you do have the option of moving Simeon over to short. And now you have plenty of depth options uh, there at second base. So uh, the Rangers are in good shape as it relates to second base. Again, Bruce Bochy is the coach, so I'm not saying that's what he'd do, um, but that's what you do on the game. So uh, anyway... Uh, let's move on to our last topic of the day, number nine in our top 15 moments of the year uh, for the Texas Rangers. Um, We're going to go back to October 16th. Okay. October 16th, the Rangers won of, of the NLCS game two, five to four. NLCS? Uh, ALCS, I'm sorry, ALCS, game two. Two, five to four. And there was a big moment in that game in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Rangers leading, yeah, holding on to a lead. Nathan Eovaldi's pitching really well. 
you know, just kind of rolling along. Bregman hits a home run here. It's kind of getting into a ball game. And in the bottom of the fifth inning, Michael Brantley, he leads off with a, a single. Mm-hmm. And then behind that single, Chaz McCormick singles on a ground ball. And you were thinking, oh, we kind of got that double play ball, but it gets up the middle. Now you're looking first and second, nobody out. Mm-hmm. Then Josh Young makes a colossal error. Yeah. Just yep. couldn't make the play, man. It just didn't happen. And you're left with the bases loaded, nobody out in this bottom half of the fifth inning, up five to two. The uh, the Astros, they go to the bench. They get Yanier Diaz, who everybody wanted to see him swing the bat over Martin Maldonado in this series anyways. So they're getting their wish. And uh, uh, Nathan Eovaldi sits him down. <laughs> Jose Altuve comes up with runners on bases loaded, one out. Mm-hmm. Sits him down. And... Uh, Alex Bregman comes up to put the plate. Bases loaded, two outs. The Rangers just need an out. He hits the ball right at Josh Young. And no hesitation, Josh Young does exactly what Josh Young did every every game this season, uh, ex- excluding that one moment that I just talked about two seconds ago <laughs> on the air. And uh, re- totally redeems himself, gets... Alex Bregman at first, and the Rangers worked through that bases loaded, nobody out jam. If you remember that game correctly, the Astros get a couple of runs right there. They probably win that ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Eovaldi just did what Eovaldi has done all, you know, his whole career in the playoffs. He works through it. Looks like, I mean, you know, uh, something about Eovaldi when he gets to the playoffs, man. I'm, the guy can be an ace, and he's got some good stuff. And I know we just talked about him being a two, but when the playoffs come around, the the killer instinct in that guy, the competitive drive in that dude, you know, it, it outshines where what his abilities are, and he gets the outs that he needs to get. And you can't say enough about what he did for this thing this whole season and you know between that and matching zeros in game seven of the world series when he had zach gallons out there just no knowing it and he's like guys on first and second nobody out almost every you know every inning with traffic and working his way through it and just you know you can't say enough for for what nathan eovaldi meant to this rangers club yeah what a moment and i mean eovaldi's going to be up and down this list because he just was the, play- the epitome of what they were. Yeah, he was the player that the Rangers needed um, when when they needed him the most. Like if they needed when they needed somebody to step up, um, the majority of the time, especially from that that starting pitching uh, from the starting pitching uh, situation, he was the one that stepped up the most in the biggest situations. I mean, we did just talk about Dane Dunning and his huge contributions and, and obviously, you know, uh, John Gray made his contributions as well. And, and, you know, those guys did, but what Eovaldi did was historic and will go down in Rangers lore, um, you know, for the rest of his career. And now he's made himself quite a, a, a legendarium of, of moments in the playoffs. And now he's got one uh, where he was the guy that um, made it possible for the Rangers to have a ring. So, well, yeah. uh, and not to mention 
the fact that that uh, Evaldi all season long, no one had a bad word to say about him. Everybody glowed about him as a teammate. Um, you know, the the guys, everybody that played with him before talked about how great of a teammate he was, and then you just saw it all season long. So that goes on top of just being such a great ball player and, and, and such a uh, an impactful force for the Rangers this whole season. And, and, you know, not only being, you know, one of the best ball players on their team, but also being one of the best dudes on their team. Yeah, no, I, I could not agree more. So, um, well, well, let's get out of here. It's Saturday. We got, yeah. we got, we got stuff to do, but we wanted to make sure we get that fourth one in for everybody today. Yes, sir. Let's wrap it up for the day. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is Texas Rangers with the boys. Go check us out on social media, TX Rangers WTB. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Oh, one word. We cover uh, where you can subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. We cover all things Rangers minor league. Thank you for subscribing to us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you also for joining us for a special weekend edition of the show. For the 300-pound animal, this is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys, signing out.